All right, guys, welcome to another edition of Down by the Bank, sponsored by Brewers Pizza. Uh, Derek and JK3 here. Um, you know, JK3, I'm going to let you go after. I, I can't I can't talk right now. Just even thinking about it makes me sick, man. Oh, it's a tough pill to swallow. Tough pill to swallow, man. The, you can't leave the game in the ref's hands. You can't leave it in vid- video board uh, or vi- video referencing, having to go back to it. Um I've got a theory. They're playing for OT anyway. <laughs> they weren't going to win. They weren't trying to play for the game um, anyway. But, hey, you know, coming off a loss right now uh, against the, uh, the Colts, dreaded loss. Uh, you know, one of the things we've been talking about, not losing, you know, and, and trying to win the AFC South, uh, trying to, you know, win those AFC games as many as we can. And I think as a fan base, we said if we lose this one, we can kind of pack it in. We lost it. So, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into everything, man. Uh, but first, just want to go ahead and talk a little bit about that that weird phone call that everybody got today uh, around midday from that 63-2000 that the Jags called. And just to let us know that the game had been flexed, you know, what was that about? I guess they wanted to really let us know that, unfortunately, the Pittsburgh Steelers game will be played at 1 p.m. Eastern time at TIA Bankfield. With Jim Dance and Tony Romo behind the booth. Last time we had Tony Romo, guys, we got beat by like 20, 30 up in Kansas City. I didn't get the call. I think the account set up on my wife's phone number, so she got the call. But that's besides the point. Point is, thank you. Thank you, Jaguars organization. You could have called us and told us that Dave Caldwell got fired. (laughs) Or... Bortles is no longer the starter. That would have been a good phone call. I, I could appreciate that. But the fact that you, you're going to call and say, the Steeler game is no longer at 8.15. Tell us something we don't already know. What if they what if they made those automated phone calls every time they did like a roster transaction? <laughs> that would be absolutely great. Right. Okay. Good evening, good evening front Jaguars fans. Move. Just to let you know, today we signed Patrick Omame. Seven-year veteran or, you know, something like that. It just kind of gave you like a quick stat. See you Sunday. <laughs> you, you know what the craziest part about that? So we got Eric Flowers and Omame, and the Giants won uh, the other day or last night. And I know I think Omame played or maybe he didn't play. I, I don't know. They're getting rid of guys, and they're getting good. And we keep adding the guys that apparently were costing them games. Yeah. So let's just go. And I get it. There's not much out there, and we're losing. You know, we're hurting on the offensive line ourselves. You want to really get down into the numbers and say, Can is playing that poorly, and we don't have a left tackle. Now our center's out for the year, but thank God we got a comparable, you know, replacement and a good backup with uh, Shatley. Mm-hmm. But man, it just we can't get a luck of the draw. Maybe we should have been able to split up some of these injuries between last year and this year instead of the whole entire world just falling on us. I mean, it's it's crazy. And think about it, is man. Besides Fournette going down with it, with with the uh, with with the hamstring injury, some of the other injuries that have happened have been like significant season-ending in- injuries, man. Like literally, I, I would not have you know I would I would not have guessed that the offensive line would have been as banged up um, as as it has been. 
you know, I wouldn't have guessed that they would have been as injury riddled, but the offensive line has really led to a lot of, you know, a, a lot of our offensive woes, um, not being able to block, you know, in combination with Fournette being out as well, not being able to run the ball. If in the offseason, one of the ma- major upgrades that we did was bring in Norwell. Uh, he hasn't been really uh, what, we, what we thought he was going to be. And, you know, the, the thing that they did in the offseason was trying to really follow, you know, a lot of the, uh, May, may, a lot of the running teams, you know, just building that offensive line and just building, you know, building it up with those 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 road graders, and uh, we're we're down a lot, man. I mean, you know, we we had a had a significant injury on the O line again on uh, on Sunday, and it's just, man, I just want to get through this season with as much as what we can intact. Yeah, and the bad part about it is it doesn't help when your most brash extrovert player on your roster is tweeting about he wants to leave. And then he tweets about he wants to stay people. Let's, let's do a little history here. Deion Sanders is considered the greatest corner to ever play in the NFL. As far as, as far as I am concerned, there are a few others that were really good, but he was the best. He didn't stay in one place. Darrell Revis. He's probably the best at the modern guys, the younger guys, you know, have seen. He didn't stay in one place. Champ Bailey, you know, two places, maybe three, I think two. Richard Sherman was one of the few that was loyal. You know, uh, Seattle blew up the team for salary cap reasons because they gave Russell Wilson a ton of money and they couldn't afford anything else. My point is, usually your skill position players leave. It's the truth. You know, especially the corners, they, they leave. And if I had to put money on it today, he'd leave. He could tell you all day that he's building a house in Marsh Landing. I'd want to live in Marsh Landing too if I could afford it. <laughs> I don't know the smell from the, the smell from the intercoastal. I, 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 I yeah. don't know if I like it too much, or that could, that could be the smell of money. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and there's nothing there's there's nothing against him saying those things because that's what makes the, the 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 good ones great is when they speak their mind, do on the field, and they they're able to have confidence in themselves off the field. So you, you can never take that away from Jalen Ramsey because he, he's been like that since I followed him in his days in Tallahassee. But, hey, he tweeted it. Get over it. If he's gone after another year or two, whatever. If he doesn't go and he stays, fine, whatever. But remember, at the end of the day, people, it's a business. Well, I don't. I mean, realistically, I don't, I don't think he's going to be out. I mean, that easy. I mean, you got to think about it right now. He's still got you know, a couple years left on his rookie deal. You know, he still they could franchise him a couple of things. I don't, I don't want people to get bent out of shape for someone being in their feelings and, and talking about some of, you know, some of that, some of the stuff. I think the tweet in reference was, you know, him getting called out on some of the, the mistakes that he had in the game. I mean, most notably that cover three and he decided to do what he wanted to do. And then we ended up getting beat, you know, uh, and getting gashed again in the first half. Uh, you know, from that, but we'll get into that a little bit, man. But, you know, I don't think everybody should hit the panic button on him. I mean, I think Jalen's just being Jalen. I think he's, you know, that's what he does. He he talks a lot, uh, but you got to take the good with the bad when you have a, have a, have a receiver or excuse me, a, a corner like that. But it's crazy how the narrative has changed with him because throughout the summer, he was doing all the interviews with GQ, doing all the interviews with ESPN, saying this quarterback's trash, this quarterback's trash, blah, blah, blah. He's got one pick through through uh, how many games? Nine. One pick in nine games. Mm-hmm. That's bad. 
But it's not just him. Okay, it's the entire team. To, to start to 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 go, you know, with the uh, the Colts game really quick. Blake actually played pretty good. Played wait, decent. Wait, what? Repeat that. Uh, What'd you say? He played pretty good. He played <laughs> decent. Yeah. But there's a reason why he did, people. It's because the Colts sold out against the run. Bortles is going to have some games where he puts up some ridiculous numbers, uh, you know, and ridiculous by his standards. Okay. 300 yards, a couple touchdowns, no picks, because they're going to play a lot of man coverage. They're going to put eight, nine in a box, and they're going to dare him to throw it. The Colts game was an example of that. They didn't play much. You know, there wasn't much to the coverage schemes. It was basically, we're going to stop Leonard Fournette, 24 carries for 50-something yards, pretty much stopped him. And we're only going to give up. We're going to keep things in front of us, a little dink and dunk. That's why a lot of the you know passes, I think halfbacks and running backs had a lot of passes completed to him. And halfbacks, fullbacks, et cetera. And we're going to make Bortles beat us. Now, if you take away the 80-yard touchdown, that's, you know, 25 of 37 for 240 or whatever it is. That's still okay for, you know, 25 of – still okay for, for, for Bortles' standards. But it, it's it's bad when the offense just 26 points against the Colts' defense that, you know, has put up – you know, some, has given up some big plays. And we had a couple plays that we could have capitalized on. But just not in the running game. Yeah, they they definitely took the running game away. Um, I, I'm just I'm shocked that I'm like puzzled with the whole Carlos Hyde thing because I was just thinking I was really thinking when they signed him I was like all right this is going to be good we're really going to have an opportunity to have some heat in the backfield especially when Fournette comes back and and it's like Carlos Hyde is almost inexistent. Um, TJ only comes in now and TJ has been more of a, a pass catching. Uh, running back he I think he leads the league in or not lead the league leads the uh the team in receptions right now um and he's been able to create a lot of things in space but I I don't understand why they don't continue to bruise teams with Fournette and then keep banging them with Carlos Hyde and keep it coming and, and, and keep that coming that could be a little bit of the offensive line there were zero rushing lanes like you mentioned earlier uh no rushing lanes at all for them to but you know Fournette was able to eke out a little bit uh, you know, of his, of his, of his return. Um, we put out something on Twitter where we're asking a, a, some people to kind of predict what, uh, you know, he was going to get as far as yards wise or a couple of people kind of close to it. He's got his TD. Um, you know, that's good for him, but with him back, it definitely does, you know, make a little bit of things easier for Blake. And I think that does have, uh, you know, some of that comfort back to him being able to take a lot of the attention off, uh, they they knew in those past games that TJ wasn't going to really gash them, but now you really got a home run hitter and got to watch out for him. And the way that he runs, he still has that bruising run, still has that bruising uh, where he's going to run down, run downhill, power running. So uh, he had a couple, uh, he had a couple places where I think a couple holes that he missed where he, if he would have made the right read, but that comes with you know repetition and everything. But good to have him back. Um, really good to uh, to have him back. And now really see what they can do for the rest of the season at this point. Um, I mean, I don't I don't think they're really playing for anything right now, but pride, right? Yeah, and it's tough. You know, we've, we've, the offensive line, those injuries, man, they're piling up. Uh, my mate's coming back, you know, to town, and hopefully they can put together a unit that actually wants to play and win a few ball games. People say, oh, do you tank and just get a top five pick? No, man, you play to win the game. Okay, I know that's a stupid quote from Hermet was years ago, but you play to win the game. And – the offensive line, the injuries, Bortles, you know, we, we gripe on this show, Bortles a ton. We, we really get on him. 
But I'm, I'm going you know, to say something about our wide receiving core. Terrible. I did not say I did not say Rashad Green. I said our wide receiving yeah. core as a whole. Green did not. He cost us the game. Okay. He did not lose it for us. He just cost it for us. In my eyes, that's two different things. He cost us the game because we had a chance to tie it or take the lead the way we were driving. Yeah, he was down or he wasn't down and all that good stuff. You still you don't you don't let someone strip the ball under two minutes, especially under two minutes. But that was Green's first fumble of the year that he lost. And granted, he hasn't been playing that oh, much. His first catch. Too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And guess what? Out of our other you know starting receivers, they've lost five fumbles. So that's a total of six. Pretty sure that leads the NFL for receivers. Not tight ends or running backs and receivers, just wide receivers. So let's get this straight now. Our receivers have lost six fumbles, have probably dropped 30-something passes. We got a quarterback that's inaccurate and loses focus and confidence. We got a running back that wants to be a Hollywood star. Well, I mean... I'm just saying, that's tough, man. That's we, very we tough. We knew that the receiving core was was lacking um, of some veteran leadership after the Allens left. I mean, and you can, in, in hindsight, you can say what you want to say about them, you know, either shooting, should have or not have signed uh, Allen Robinson back. But the veteran leadership, you know, is gone. You know, when Marquise Lee went down, what veteran that we had in the locker room um, you know, was gone with that as well. So now your longest tenured player right now is Dante Mon- uh, is, is Moncrief. And he this is his first year really on the team. So uh, you've got D.D. Westbrook, who missed some of the games last year uh, because of an injury. Uh, you've got Chark, uh, you know, right now at receiver. You've got Keelan Cole, who hasn't really been as productive as well. So I think a lot of the, the, the shift needs to go and a lot of the responsibility now needs to really come off five, but come on to the core of, of the receivers. I mean, right now, drops, yeah. the giving up on plays that we've seen, the uh, fumbles as well. You know, I, I think right now it, it really needs to shift to, to the receivers. And I think that in the last little bit of the season, the receivers really got to go out there and show what they've got uh, and show what they can do for this team. Um, you know, like, I'm, like you mentioned earlier, right now we're, we're, we're playing for pride and it's got to be something right now where we're playing to win the games, but the receivers still got time to go ahead and try to make up whatever they can, uh, you know, for, for some of the stuff they've done. Granted, we've had some long plays. We have some things like that, but it's about what have you done for me lately? Lately, you just cost us a game. Mm-hmm. That, that's what that's what happened, and everyone say, Pretty much. "Hey, what?" And I'm not really a big fan of. I, I don't think it was. <clears throat> excuse me. I don't think it was a thing where Rashad Green, <clears throat> excuse me, shouldn't have been in the game, but he was in the game. He was there, and and as a pro, you're expected to make the play, um, next man up, and you're supposed to do whatever you possibly can to help your team win. At the end of the day, he caught the ball. He was gone down, and as a receiver, you protect the ball high and tight because you know if they can't make the tackle, and you see it all the time, guys trying to rip and pull, fump, uh, you know, pull the ball out, you know, get down and come back and make the next play. Now they got that play off. That play should not have been reviewed. Yeah. They got it off, but yeah. hey, again, you can't win against the NFL. But just saying, they got the play off. The play shouldn't have been reviewed. It was so be it. Can't change the past. We got to stop living in the past, guys. I think as a fan base, that's what got us in the first place. I'm going to go ahead and say it for some of y'all that are, you know, still believing it. Miles Jack, you know, down or not down, okay? That proves that we're living, we're, we're living too much in the past as, fa- as a fan base. 
and we got to look towards the next game because we can't correct what happened. We can't correct what happened Sunday. We can't correct what happened last January. We can't correct anything. You know, you, you just can't go back. When you look at it, Yeldon's the only bright spot that we have. Uh, he continues What's to play well. What's the deal well. with O'Shaughnessy? You know, I don't know. That's a good I question. I feel like he's back and he's go? back and he's he's hurt or he doesn't get enough play or he, he's back. And then I saw they, they signed Niles Paul, too. No, they, they have Niles Paul. They, they, they signed oh, Koyak. Oh, Koyak. Okay. So they brought Niles Koyak. Yeah, they signed, they signed Ben Koyak. Yeah. Yeah, Niles Paul, I think he, he got hurt, too. Um, we've just – that injury bug has really bitten us this year. It's really – bitten us to the point where we, we cannot recover from it. We got to be able to do that. You got to build depth. You know, that's what the team tried to do. It, it hasn't gone too well. So, hey, just hey, Koyak's played decent when he was here. He knows the playbook, so there shouldn't be any kind of drop-off. Hopefully he's come, able to come in and make some plays. But, you know, Bortles, uh, I said last week that if – if he starts winning games, that he'll be here next year. And JK three, you made a comment. And you got it, you know, right, written right here, man. I tell, I tell people at work this all the time. If he continues to string together games like he has done in Philly, or not? Excuse me, not in Philly, in London. He he strung together a pretty decent game in London. He he did it Sunday. Strung together a really good game. Watch what he does on Sunday. Sunday, he's going to come out. He's going to have a good game on Sunday. I, I, I can feel it. He's going to have a good game on Sunday. If he continue, and historically, the second half of the season, last year, what happened? We got hot off of the quarterback play. We got hot quarterback play. We lost two games. That didn't really matter. But then what else happened? We got deep. We, he got decent. He got hot again in the playoffs. He didn't, I mean, well, not hot, but he didn't turn the ball over in the playoffs. Led to him another contract. Guarantee you. This guy continues to string together wins. He's going to be here next year. So if you're not a Bortles fan and he continues to do this, just watch. I mean, drafting a quarterback, you know, yeah, you're going to draft a quarterback all fine and well and everything else like that. But in this city, historically, the most popular player has been the backup quarterback. Always. Yeah. And if they draft one, if they even if they draft one, he's going to he's going to be he, he's going to be more, more popular than Blake. I mean, for a while. Kessler, people were clamoring before London. People were ke- clamoring for Kessler to be the starter. And where's it at now? It's nowhere because people have pretty much given up. Fans have pretty much, you know, okay, I'm done with this, you know, junk. If they're going to continue to do the same thing, why did I buy season tickets? Why did I go to this game? Why am I wasting my Sunday afternoon? That's why it's done. You know, that, that that's why the, the, the noise for Kessler has stopped because just people aren't caring enough as they were, you know, three or four weeks ago. When when Bortles had that you know three game stretch between Kansas City, Dallas, and oh who was the third team we got blasted by I can't even remember now. Um, anyway, the people are done listening. Here's here's something that I also wanted to touch on before we get to the defensive side of the ball. We never really cover the coaches in front office from a standpoint of reviewing. You know they play well. A, a lot of media people, a lot of podcasts look at the coaches and. You know, Todd Wash needs to go. Nathaniel Hackett needs to go. You know, Coughlin needs to go. You know, there was uh, things written about him. Uh, Caldwell, which I'm big on here, needs to go. But as a front office staff and coaches, and it starts with your head coach, it starts with Marone, you got to manage egos. That separates the good coaches from the great coaches. I'm pretty sure, about 99% sure, that's what's wrong with our defense. 
It's not the plays. It's not the scheme. They know the scheme. Jalen knows the scheme. He just chooses not to do it. It's managing egos. Your good teams have guys to have egos because they have different agendas. A head coach's job is to keep their head on the task, their head at the task at hand. And I don't think we've done a good job of that at all this year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you, the, the egos on the team and, and that, and the egos come from, from, from winning. I think it comes from a little bit of success. Um, and I think Avery Jones, you know, kind of paraphrased it the, the best. You know, again, we are a family, family friendly show, so we won't say it again, but, you know, some people just expect things to fall in place. And the way you act in adversity, you know, really kind of proves your, your character, really kind of, you know, see, see, you know, you really see what you're made out of whenever things aren't going your way. And uh, they made some they made some adjustments second half. But the first half, dude, that, that it was just uncalled for. The, the first half was just, I mean, lining up wrong, missing assignments, um, you know, say what you want. Uh, you know, there's a lack of I think there's a little bit of lack of discipline, uh, you know, in, in the locker room. I don't know where what side it's coming from or who to really be the blame is. But I mean. Even going back to the whole London thing, um, you know, going back to a couple other incidents with Dante, uh, going back to the training camp, you know, the fighting in the training camp, you know, you, you say what you want, but the, the, the writing's been on the wall and some of those things just continue to mount up and continue to build and eventually they burst. Now, as far as managing those egos goes, um, you know, what do you, what do you, what do you suggest? What do you think Doug does or whoever's running or no, uh, Caldwell or Coughlin? You know, what do they do? Do they do they do they ride the rest of the season out and then get rid of the cancer uh, in the in the in in the offseason or, or what? It's going to be tough. It's, it's going to be very tough. They're going to have to do something. They're going to need to really get in the in the face of those players. I'll tell you. So and we're going to go to a, an, an ex Jag here and, and look at something that happened. Uh, Dante Fowler, Jr. Uh, obviously, he plays for the Rams now. He had an unsportsmanlike uh, penalty called against him, personal foul, for talking to a ref. He probably cussed at the ref. We don't, they, don't, they didn't say what was said. The cameras didn't really show it, but you could see Sean McVay was making a beeline for him once he got off the field. That means Fowler got checked. That's what needs to happen. That's not happening. That, that's, what, that's, what, that's how you manage an ego. It's amazing how a guy who's 34 years old has pretty much got it figured out. That's why the Rams are like nine and one. And they've been winning since last year, since he took over pretty much. That's what you have to do. So it's not about cutting, releasing. You know, it's not the Chucky effect where the whole team's ready to leave. Chucky, I mean, John Gruden, guys. But Jalen Ramsey, you know, if had he pretty much went rogue, why didn't Marone walk over to him and look him in the eye and be like, do you want to play or do you want to sit here? Tell me. You know, if Jalen's response would have been, then you need me. I'm top corner in the league. Want to sit your butt right there on the top corner of that bench. That's what needs to happen. And it's not happening. And who knows why, but it's definitely not happening. Another position, another thing, like like Telvin and, and, and Jack and, and company, they're usually flying all over the place. They're not flying like they're not flying. Are. They're lost. Telvin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the, is the effort not there? Is the defensive line not holding? And Gakwe's not getting to the not getting to the QB. Is is it effort? Is you know we don't know. But here, here's one thing: the, the the mental state of this team is all but shot. 
Is it because they want bench Bortles and the rest of the team wants him benched? I lost respect for you as a coach because you won't, you know, you won't stand up to the GM and, and bench the quarterback. You, we don't know, but that, that that goes into the managing egos part right there. That those things have to be corrected at that point in time, not in the film room because those those guys could care less. They care less what you do to them behind closed doors, but you get in their face when that TV camera's on. Oh, they're you know. You know, they're either going to respond positively. All right, coach, That you know what? You're right. I did do that. That was my bad. I won't do it again. Or they're going to respond negatively like a baby. And then you find out, okay, if you're going to do that, then you definitely need to go. Well, I mean, saying with the defense, man, they statistically speaking, they are still the number two ranked D, which is, which is shocking to me. I, I mean, I guess, it's, you know, statistically. But I, I honestly, you know, the lack of turnovers – that's what really, really, really got this team going last year. You know, were the were the forced fumbles, uh, were the strip sacks, of course, and then the you know the picks. So right now, uh, I just checked; they were ne- uh, they're minus eleven, uh, you know, for the year. So I think that's like ranked thirtieth in the league. So turnovers, making a play that makes it a short field, um, you know, for, for for the offense to be able to at least put up you know six, uh, you know, if you can get that short field goal, or excuse me. Uh, at least three, if you can get the short field going, but it's really just not, it's that. And then not getting off the field in crucial downs too, man. I mean, there, there's been a couple of third downs, third and longs, you know, this team has just given up and is it the scheme? I mean, are, are we not running man? You know, you, you see a lot of clamoring of people saying, you know, why are we running the zone? Why are we doing this? Last year we were able to run, you know, run that man defense pretty, pretty effectively. And, you know, pretty much with still some of the same players besides I think AJ, um, you know, it's hurt. We don't have uh, Colvin as well. But I mean, I don't think Colvin was that big of a difference to where it completely changes the scheme of things, right? No, actually, and I'm gonna separate here from you on this one. I think really? it does. I think they play a lot. I think they play a lot of zone to mask the other uh, DBs that are weak. And but the whole coverage. team is getting roasted. The whole team. The whole team is getting roasted because one, the quarterback has more time to throw the ball. Two, it's a better quarterback that has time to throw the ball. Three, they're motivated to go up against them a bit more because of what the Jags success last year. And four, we can't do it. We can't change things up. We can't. We're showing our hand half the time. You know, they got us pretty much figured it out. Was, it, was, it was remnants of the old Jaguars whenever you know, a, a tight end was beating us. You know, when we when the tight end was a leading receiver. And then and then Indy had the, the audacity to come out in a three tight, a triple tight end, you know, formation at one point in, in the game. And, and even the – the I forget what his name is, uh, but he was able to go ahead and get, uh, you know, a couple passes as well. I just don't know if if Colvin really – I mean, DJ Hayden, he, he was back. Uh, and then maybe with AJ being out. But, I mean, but still – that I I don't think one player completely changes the scheme. You man up, you 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 man up with your two safeties back up there, your forcers. You let your defensive line continue to attack in waves, and your linebackers should be able to cover whoever's running out. I mean, I don't think it's that simple, but I think a zone with everyone passing players to different zones and everything, and if a, a team is is running zone beaters to where you just settle in the middle, where you don't even the quarterback's not even running a route, you're just settling in between the zone. And that's where they get they get the the confused Pikachu look, you know, where they're just looking around like, you know, what 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 happened? No, that was you, bro. No, 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 you were supposed like there was they can't even line up straight right now. Eric Ebron was literally uncovered. They can't even line up straight now. 
Well, that was because you know Ramsey was you know doing his own thing. No, I, I, you know we don't know. We we really don't know. But I, I bet you this: if you if you take last year, the fact that Boye, Ramsey, and, and Colvin played pretty much all sixteen games, all three of them now start are starting corners in the National Football League. So the defense was able to do the, the coordinator um, Wash was able to do some different things as far as calling man and calling zone. Which one was it? You know, which play would it be? You know, which which work which which play is not working today? So he could get a little bit more creative. Now with injuries, not having a solid nickel corner due to injuries and just Colvin's better than Hayden. Uh, Colvin's better than Patman. They have to adjust for you know the team's struggles, and I don't think they can play man. I bet you Jalen got tired. Like, look, I'm not playing zone no more. I'm locking up. Okay, I'm locking up. I don't care. Fine, you do that. You're gonna leave somebody out to dry, and he pretty much did. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't know, man. It, it, it's just the, the scheme. It. I feel like if we're running man. I feel like we're in, in a better position to put athlete on athlete. And I would rather someone get beat in man and just say, all right, you got beat by that. Instead of them continuing to run these little zone uh, and continue to run the zone and then continuing to just get the zone picked apart. Granted, they made the adjustment in the second half, but in the second half, we ended up shooting ourselves in the foot. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's kind of like if you, you, you're, you're darned if you do, darned if you don't. You know what I mean? Guess what, guys? It doesn't get any easier coming up. Steelers on a roll. They're trying to make it to the playoffs. Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster. Doesn't matter who else Big Ben has. We beat them twice last year. They're going to come ready. They are not going to come with any slouch stuff. Le'Veon Bell, no Le'Veon Bell. James Conner, no James Conner. It does not matter. Uh, I got a feeling we're going to get, like, Pretty much beat down. I, man, I don't, I don't want to say beat down. I, I, I think Here's the thing. This is kind of like a rivalry game, and you got to take out everything outside of rivalry games, plus it's any given Sunday. I still have some type of hope that they match up well with the Steelers. I, I really do. Um, I don't know what the injury report's looking like uh, with AJ, but if we can at least get AJ back, you know, uh, that, that'll, you know, AJ maybe on, uh, on Juju. And then Jalen on Antonio, um, you know, one of the things that's not going to happen, though, is Big Ben isn't going to quit. So you keep hitting him, you keep hitting him. I mean, even, hell, last year, he during the regular season, he threw five picks and was still letting the ball fly. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, no James mm-hmm. Conner. Definitely our, our James Conner is questionable, but still, you got to account for him and, and the defense and, and, and what they're doing. But the biggest test for this team also is really to see what, you know, what, what, what do you have left? What do you have left in the tank? Like literally. And I, and I thought that this was going to be one of those games where, you know, we kind of outnumbered the Steelers fans, but you know, we, we all know that they travel. Um, you know, this has been you know on the calendar as a revenge game for them. And this could honestly be the game. It could go two ways. This could be the game that really, starts to propel them as they start making their playoff push. Or, you know, this could be one of the games with us where it's like, hey, you know, we we had a lackluster season, but we're letting our fans know that we're not giving up and we're not playing for a draft pick position. Yeah, they got to come ready. They got to come prepared. I just you, – JK3, I hate to say it, man, you better take that hope and go get some pennies and <laughs> put it in a fountain at a mall. 
because that's about all the hope you're going to get, man. It's not that it's not about talent. It's about whether if they want to play or not, whether if they want to win or not, whether if their coach can get them motivated to play. That's what it's about. This team has a mental problem and it, they can't solve it. They're, the coaches aren't able to solve it. As fans, we sit back and say to ourselves, well, what's going on? You know, well, can't y'all just, you know, get in a room and hash it out? It's, it's bigger than that. There's, there's something that, you know, a lot of the guys in the locker room don't like. We've got a pretty good idea what it is as a fan base, as media, as media members do. But we don't, you know, the, the Jags aren't going to say what's wrong. So at the end of the day, they just got to go out and play and they got to forget about all that. They just got to play with the cards that they have. And sometimes players are like, no, you can't make us do this. We got to come here night in and night out because, you know, of something. Yeah, well, a lot of people got to go to work night in and night out and do what they don't want to do. But in the world of sports, they just don't feel like it sometimes. And I got a feeling this game coming up, it's going to be a light crowd from a Jag standpoint, going to be a heavy crowd from a Steelers standpoint. And I just don't see it looking good. I hope I'm wrong. Please, I hope I am wrong. But it's going to be tough. Yeah, it's going to well, be very I, tough. I, I'm, I'm holding out hope. Uh, you know, I'll be there. Um, you know, ready, getting, gearing up for for a a rivalry game. Uh, you know, hope that you know we can get as many Jags fans as we possibly can. You know, to the game. You know, minus the the call <laughs> from the Jags today. You know, just like. Uh, but I, I really do, man. I, I really hope that you know they can get up for this game. Uh, I really hope they can give us something to, to cheer for. I mean, we've only got a couple of home games left, uh, you know, in the in the season to to really make it, you know, one of those things where we can, you know, have at least a couple of bright spots to really look forward to. But you know, at the end of the day, man, like you mentioned, it's either they're gonna, you know, you, it, you either gonna put up or, or shut up at this point, and um, you know, I really hope that it's something that we can, you know, come together as a team and really see them. Uh, you know, string together a couple wins, man. I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. I uh, really wouldn't mind seeing them maybe propel that into the offseason, but, you know, maybe couple, ruin a couple seasons as well. But, you know, we'll see. Yeah. We are just yeah. It's shell-shocked. You just didn't expect this. Well, I, no I one saw this coming. I don't think shell-shocked yeah, worked. Nationals. Shell-shock was when we, when we dropped uh, three in a row. <laughs> that, that was shell-shocked. Okay. Now, now – now, now we're just, you know, like, what's going on? Now, there were some national media members. There, there were some of the, uh, I call them the, some of the nerd analytics guys that, you know, they believe in the numbers, and the numbers pointed to the Jags having this type of season. So they were right, in a sense. But can this be corrected in an offseason? Yeah, it can. It's just a matter of if, and it starts at the top, if Shad Khan's willing to make the moves, to correct the team, you know, forget the whole downtown revitalization project and, you know, Wembley, Wembley stadium fell through and all that. He's got to make some moves with his front office. And we know, we all know what we're talking about. I don't think Coughlin has Coughlin might be working for this team, but I really don't think he has any say with this team. I really don't. I think he has opinions and suggestions, but at the end of the day, I think this is Dave Caldwell show. And Dave Caldwell, your show stinks, well, too. Well, unlike Dave Caldwell's show uh, stinking, ours is pretty good right now. So uh, we appreciate everyone that has uh, jumped on iTunes and gave us a five-star rating. 
Uh, we're up to 129 ratings right now. You guys are awesome. Um, if you haven't done so already, please go on iTunes. Um, you know, however you listen to whatever platform you listen to us on. I think we're on a bunch of them right now. But go ahead and drop us a review. Uh, you can also interact with us, the show, um, at Down by the Bank on Twitter, um, at JK3, or excuse me, at JK the third, I'm sorry, uh, and at the THAD Rock for, for Derek. Hit us up on Twitter, man. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, interact with us a little bit, man. We get a lot of uh, a fan interaction and, and listener interaction with us on Sundays and during game days, uh, you know, as well, or anytime something really happens. So we really do appreciate that. That's really what <clears throat> uh, keeps the show going. Um, but yeah, any other suggestions, man, hit us up. We really do appreciate it. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.